Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. This is, in fact, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. That's us. It's the 50-plus crowd, and uh, we go all the way from 50 up to, I don't know, is there anybody out there over 100? But uh, we go that far. And what we try to do is provide valuable content for our listeners because these shows are not only heard on the air, on the radio, but also they're archived on our website, and you can hear these uh, months and years down the road. And so these are valuable pieces of content and substance, and uh, today is no exception so, hi, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And, uh, Denise, yeah. I see you across the table again, and we've been doing this for a while, and I'm um, glad to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, Dan? Well, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm uh, You know, oftentimes we say I'm excited about the show. I'm not sure I'm excited about this one because there are some troubling things, topics and stuff we're going to uh, talk about. But the title of the show is going to make sure that we uh, stay on track because there are some things that are going to be helpful for us. And um, we're going to introduce our guest in just a moment. But um, what is the good word, Denise, for today? Well, the good word for today is baseline. And our guest is going to be explaining why that word is so very important. It isn't one that most of us use in our everyday language, talking with each other. But in the situation where we are caring for uh, family members who are older, understanding the importance of a baseline is it's critical. And our guest is going to be helping with us with that Excellent. today. And let's uh, try to all keep that in mind, keep the word baseline in mind, because it's going to come up a few times. We're going to talk about it. What we are talking specifically about today is caring for our aging loved ones. And there's a variety of situations that that might represent, uh, you know, it might be a wife uh, caring for a husband who had a stroke. It might be uh, an adult child caring for an aging parent. It could be a parent um, caring for a disabled child of any age. I have a friend who has a, a, a disabled child. Gosh, I think he is 40-something mm. So, uh, but it's the caregiver situation, and almost all of us will be in that situation at some point on either side of that. So I watch my parents go through that, uh, but here we are in the 50-plus. We may be a caregiver or know of a caregiver in our family, but for many of us, uh, we will be the care receiver. We'll be the one that needs that care. So this is going to be important information, and our guest today has learned a lot about this subject the hard way. Mm. And uh, she learned enough to write a 300-page book about it. We're going to talk about the book and about the issues and the answers. So the title for today's show is Caring for Aging Loved Ones. Here's a wake-up call with help and hope. We want to remind our listeners, uh, Denise, and uh, for our guest, Marcy, we'll introduce you in a minute, uh, that we actually do uh, uh, subjects in five core topic areas. And uh, I'm trying to figure out which one this uh, subject fits in. Maybe you can help us, Marcy. But the five core topics are home and family. Number two is health and wellness. Number three is budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. 
And it seems to me that it could fit into health and wellness, but it can also fit into home and family, mm-hmm. right? I think it fits in all five. Oh, okay. Actually. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to cover mm-hmm. all the subject today. Mm-hmm. So again, the title is Caring for Our Aging Loved Ones. Here's a wake-up call <clears throat> with help and hope. And we're going to introduce a uh, special guest in studio today is Marcy Houle, and she is the author of the new book, The Gift of Caring, Saving Our Parents from the Perils of Modern Healthcare. And you know, the the title says a lot right there. So Marcy, thank you very much for coming in today and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you. And I want to say I'm really just the co-author because I wrote the book with one of the nation's leading geriatricians, um, Elizabeth Ekstrom, Dr. Elizabeth Ekstrom, who's the head of geriatric medicine at OHSU. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And you guys make a good team. You come at it from slightly Mm -hmm. different perspectives, and Mm -hmm. you have a science background, Mm -hmm. biology specifically. Mm -hmm. And so you understand how the body works and all the physiology Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you've been kind of busy uh, (laughs) speaking and writing, and uh, you have an op-ed recently in New York Times, and uh, the message of this book is getting out. And that's it needs to it needs to right right mm-hmm. and so we have a copy of the book here and uh, we're we're going to talk about really the issues that the book covers and Marcy is going to help us a lot and we want to just kind of lay this foundation uh, recent uh, figures show that 60 I think Marcy your uh, figure that you mm-hmm. mentioned on the phone the other day 60 to 65 million unpaid family caregivers mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's just mind-blowing. And I've known this number for a while, and every time I hear it, I just can't, can hardly fathom it. But then to boil it down, in our state of Oregon, 650,000 unpaid family caregivers. So if you're in the grocery line at Safeway with six other people, if I do my math right, mm-hmm. One of them, or five other people, one of them is a family care, an unpaid family caregiver. Wow. That's the way that works out. And this number will continue to increase and almost certainly will involve everyone listening mm-hmm. at some point at one side or other of the equation, either as the caregiver or the care receiver. We have to know what we're doing. We have to know what the current system is and how we can bring help and hope. And Marcy, I'm really glad that you're here today to help us with that. There are agencies and institutions involved, and we're going to speak about some of those. And there are the typical situations. And when we talk about aging loved one, it isn't always the aging loved one. It could be one that isn't aging but has a debilitating or a rehab situation or recovering from a heart attack or a stroke or surgery or something. So, um, And before we ask you the first question, I want to see if is this a figure that I got from you or was it elsewhere that 30% of caregivers die before their care receiver? Um, You didn't get it from me, but it's probably true because they get worn out if they're not careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were worried about with my mom. Yes. That is absolutely worth underlining. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. They get absolutely worn out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. Marcy is documenting the issues facing caregivers in this book. And research has documented just the depression alone that impacts caregivers. Right. So, so just being in that caregiving role all by itself mm-hmm. is very difficult. It's very draining. And we need to be aware of that because of that statistic. Depression, un- ongoing depression, is a, can be a life and death situation. People do, just as you say, they give up. But then on top of that, on top of just 
the impact of providing care, then if we're running into problems in doing that, running up against the way a particular diagnosis is, you know, treated that isn't working well, any number of issues that as family members and caregivers we can run into that only exacerbates what is already a very difficult role. Absolutely. All of this uh, comes out of your story, and you were telling us right before we started that you have been keeping um, uh, journals Mm -hmm. for 14 years, Mm -hmm. and then you went back through the journals and picked out the stories and picked out the things that you learned and what were the issues, what were the challenges, what were the problems. Mm -hmm. Let's hear about your story. How it started. Well, I've kept, I'm a writer and a biologist, wildlife biologist, and I've always have written books, and... um, but I had to stop. I was actually scheduled to write another book out of New York after my last book came out called The Prairie Keepers. And my dad started getting sick. And like happens to a lot of us, you're squeezed. My kids were like three and five. And then my dad, who'd been so active and so helpful, he was a physician and he, um, a, just a wonderful, generous, lovely man. He started what's called the Crippled Children's Division at the Oregon Health and Sciences wow. University. He would go, he was orthopedic surgeon, but he had such a heart for old people. He would go to the nursing homes for free and clip their toenails, patients. Oh, and so, wow. and yet he was so active and so vibrant and healthy. And he put all his patients, little, little ladies in running shoes for their feet. And so I didn't, and I was a late in life hmm. baby. I was they were 40 when they had me and I saw them in their seventies still doing all sorts of great things. And so I was totally unprepared when my dad started having some symptoms of Alzheimer's and so in in denial, like a lot of us are. But anyway, at that point I started keeping more journals about what was going on in the whole system. And so we took care of him for seven years and then my mom started getting sick. She was worn out caregiving too, Mm -hmm. took care of her. So I never really thought I'd write a book about this, but my daughter, who when she I think she's five when the book starts, and when she finishes, she's just got accepted to medical school here. And hmm. so about three or four years ago, she was starting a residency up at Seattle Children's. She's a pediatrician, and she said, "You know, Mom, you have all those journals, you have all those all those stories we've gone through with Nana and Papa. Why don't you write a book with Dr. Ekstrom? She was a teacher of mine at OHSU." And she's phenomenal. She makes aging wonderful, makes you want to grow old. And it's like, why would she want to write a book with me? And it's like, (laughs) just ask her. So I did, and she did, and we did. Look at that. And so it's kind of the book I wish I had had Mm -hmm. because I I didn't, I think for most caregivers, we don't have the information we need. And the main reason I want to get across is there is hope. It can be so much better than it is. But unless people know how to make it better and start advocating, um, it's it's not good at the moment. At some point, were you co-residing with uh, one or both of your parents? Were that you living in their home, or were you coming to visit, or what mm-hmm. was that setup like? Well, they lived in their home. They wanted to stay in their home. So they were there till they died, which is the family home I grew up in. Mm. But we, of course, didn't live there, but we were back and forth and back and forth all the time. Sure. And we incorporated them in our whole lives. I mean, the kids, we were, I was the only daughter who lived in Portland, so we saw them a lot. And then as they got older, of course, and they started getting sick, I can't remember how many Thanksgivings, Christmas. I don't think there was a holiday we weren't in the ER with the whole family. Oh, is that right? Our daughter's 21st birthday, you know, for mm. example. We were always in yeah. the hospital. And yet 
there are times you think, I can't do this one more time. And then my mom would say, I feel better and stronger when you're here. So what do you do? Of course yeah, you're going right. to go. Yeah. But it's, it's that it's not easy to see someone you love grow old and then um, have problems and then feel helpless. And that's why I hope this book can help people realize, and I've, this is what I'm hearing too, is you realize you're not alone. You feel alone in your mm-hmm. caregiving. You feel like you're the only person. You sometimes you're made to feel foolish. Doctors will say it's just you know can write you off. Nurses, believe me, they're wonderful physicians out there. But I'm just saying the system is not set up to really help many caregivers as they go through this because it's so fragmented and it's scary and there's this mm-hmm. whole trajectory. Um, so this is post kind of being a a guiding light, a little front line information as you head out there to. Um, to help you through understand and navigate this system. Sure. And I'm picturing as you go to the hospitals and with stays and rehab mm-hmm. and, and ER and everything else, with your scientific mm-hmm. approach to things, mm-hmm. with your science mentality, and, and Dr. Hogan mm-hmm. can plug in on this too, uh, there was at some point you probably said, well, does it have to be that way? Or why are they doing it this way? Why are they asking us to do this? Are there other mm-hmm. options? And you, you, at some point you probably got frustrated or angry or confused or because the whole thing just mm-hmm. wasn't working the way that you had hoped it would. I think, yeah, I think caregivers go through all of those emotions yeah. and yeah. it's mingled with pain because you can't, for me, seeing the loved ones I loved most, you know, my mm-hmm. darling parents, suffering and feeling helpless to to know what to do and being told there was nothing there we could do when there was. And that's, again, mm-hmm. why finally meeting a geriatrician, and we finally got geriatricians for, who were the specialists. They're like the, you know, you expect when you have little kids, you're going to have a pediatrician until you're 18. And then right. mm-hmm. geriatricians are wonderful because they're trained. They're already internal medicine doctors or family medicine doctors, and they go and they have fellowships in just geriatrics. But there's so few of them. We are very lucky to find a geriatrician, and that made a lot of difference. And then once getting that geriatrician, trying to tell them the stories I was going through and having them validate that what you saw and what you felt was absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But most mm-hmm. people don't know that right and you're made to feel so helpless right and that and to give up and you know that's it Mm -hmm. as I'm listening here that's that's what hits me over and over again Mm -hmm. is the powerlessness Mm -hmm. the hope feeling of hopelessness those two things are very toxic to Mm -hmm. our system they we it puts us in a trap Mm -hmm. when we feel like we don't have any power to change mm-hmm. the situation, mm-hmm. you might as well put us in a cage and lock mm-hmm. us in there. Mm-hmm. And the instinct is, mm-hmm. I got to, I got to get out of here. I got to get out. I got to. There's, there is the anger. There is that confusion. There are some very strong emotions, but we can only sustain that for so long. Right. And when we can't get out of that cage, when we can't find the help we need, we give up. Mm-hmm. That's. It makes sense to give up because I'm. I only have so much energy that mm-hmm. I can keep pushing into this. Mm-hmm. And if it's not getting me what I need, it's not getting my loved one what mm-hmm. I need, that pain becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I have to make that pain reduce. And if I can give up, mm-hmm. it'll ease things mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's a nasty system. Yeah. Giving up is a coping mechanism. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Marcy, what are some of the things that you began to have your eye open to, um, you know, progressively, uh, what did you notice? What did you observe? What did you write in your journal that you say this, this can't be right. I got to figure this one out. 
Well, I think one thing I saw with the health care delivery system, especially when it started with my dad, was how I thought, you know, we would go through with what he'd done. And, we, and, and you know, he was in part of the medical community, and he was highly regarded, but mm-hmm. didn't matter. When Alzheimer's strikes, you're kind of get forgotten, and that was really troubling to me. And then um, just seeing places falling through the cracks and being saying, this is just a symptom of old age, and then learning later, it's not. A lot of these things we think are just symptoms of old age aren't. It can be the drugs they're taking. It can be all sorts of things. And so um, I'd say one time, for example, one story was my... Dad fell and broke his hip. This happens so much to older people. Dr. Ekstrom's doing lots of research on fall prevention, which is in the book, because that's a huge one. Mm, But anyway. No kidding. He did, and he had to go to, he was in the nursing home, and when you have Alzheimer's in a nursing home, it's a a tough situation, believe me. But we would go out and visit almost daily. You have to visit. You really do. And and he did pretty well, and then came out, it had been about two months since his surgery, and I saw him. In a row, this is what I wrote about in the New York Times, um, with about, I don't know how many patients, wearing a pink bib, and his head was just on his chest, and he, they thought they had, thought he'd had a stroke. And it turned out not to be that at all, but they said that's what happens with Alzheimer's. We had to give him a mood-altering drug because he was getting so combative. And, and there's something about that story that uh, is v- going to be very revealing to our mm-hmm. people because mm-hmm. they're going to learn from yes. it. And we're going to finish that story right after the break. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. 
Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, And we're back. We're listening to uh, Marcy Houle as she's telling about one of her many uh, stories and experiences uh, that caused her to write this book. And um, Marcy, we have the story of your dad having fallen and been, uh, did he go to surgery? And mm-hmm. now he, you go to visit him and he's, mm-hmm. the uh, caretakers are, are saying he's been violent. Mm-hmm. And let's pick it up there. And what, mm-hmm. what did you find out and what did you do? Right. Well, he recovered from the surgery. And so this is about maybe two months, three months post-surgery. And when I saw him slumped over like he'd had a stroke and was not at all cognizant, but the nurse said, this is what happens with Alzheimer's as they get, go along with it. They do get um, combative and they get, you know, it can be violent and we can't have that to the AIDS. So we have the mood altering drug, which makes him very controllable. And then she said, you're being a good boy, George. Well, I went home just sick thinking, Mm. well, what can you do? You know, what a sad Mm. ending to such a great dignified man to be reduced to the pink bibs with the other people in the pink bibs. And even that statement, you've been a good boy, George, that's horrible. So anyway, it just happened to be that one of those God things, you can say, um, the Oregonian used to have a science section. And just happened to be that week, a doctor, a researcher in Alzheimer's said, what do people who have severe dementia or Alzheimer's do to show they're in pain? They can't say on a scale of 1 to 10 what's your pain level. They start acting out. So I just started thinking, could it be? And this is, was so wonderful. I called. He was from University of or Florida State Medical School. Called this doctor's office thinking I'd never hear from Portland, Oregon, making a cold call. That right. physician called that night and said, tell me the story. What's mm. going on with your dad? And I did. And so I gave him the list of drugs he's on and told him about the mood-altering drug they gave him. And he said, okay, I have a question for you. If your dad had arthritis, oh, yeah, he had arthritis. He had bursitis. And, in fact, he broke his hip oh, a couple months ago. What's he on for pain? Um, hmm. I read him. He's on nothing for pain. He said, your father is in pain. And so, anyway, he said, I want you to do three things. I want you to get a new doctor. He recommended a geriatrician who could then say, we're going to stop this mood-altering drug, and we're going to put him on a regimen of Tylenol. How do you like that? A little bit of Tylenol. A little bit of Tylenol, three times a day. Not as needed. They can't say they need it. Right. And and different person. Completely different person. My dad. And so he was able to give him a much, much happier ending. But the problem is, is most of the time... What we're calling outbursts with a lot of these people, severe dementia, is pain-related. And that's something that I really wanted to get across. Exactly. And because you are his daughter mm-hmm. and you know him, mm-hmm. you you knew intellectually mm-hmm. this idea of a baseline. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was working in your brain. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's not my dad. Mm-mm. That's mm-hmm. not the way he is. Mm-hmm. That's not his typical behavior. Mm-hmm. And so that doctor... 
by having you tell him Mm -hmm. what your dad was like, what was typical, what had been going on, could help you understand Mm -hmm. that he, his behaviors were not Mm -hmm. typical for his Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he's most likely in pain. It's Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. he doesn't act this way. Mm -hmm. And so that's the point I wanted to make sure we got to today um, and the importance of the stories that you're bringing to us. It's important for us to mm-hmm. hold on to and be confident in those things that we know to be mm-hmm. the truth about mm-hmm. our family members. And if we can establish mm-hmm. for ourselves medical baselines, mm-hmm. what is their blood pressure? What kind of reactions have they had to pain in the past? Mm-hmm. What is their yes. typical way of responding that is all information that mm-hmm. we can use to help mm-hmm. the doctors, whether they're a geriatrician mm-hmm. or if we are not so fortunate, mm-hmm. other doctors mm-hmm. understand that, no, this is not what my mm-hmm. loved one needs right now. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of the things that you discovered, and now yeah. you're being able to uh, speak out about it yes. and to write about it. And this book is a treasure of that kind of information mm-hmm. We want to make sure to uh, invite our listeners to go to your, uh, it's not a full website, but it, it, it explains about the book and so forth and mm-hmm. has an order button with mm-hmm. uh, Powell's and Amazon, and that is thegiftofcaring.net. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can mouse over the title on the, uh, on the podcast, or you can just go directly to thegiftofcaring.net, or go to our website and just uh, fill out a contact form and submit that, and we'll make sure you get connected. So, you know, uh, there's a lot more that we're going to talk about, and we're going to have to save that for the podcast uh, because we want our listeners to be reminded there's all kinds of these very relevant subjects that we deal with and talk about. We invite in the best of the best, don't we, Denise? Well, fantastic. We have a biologist, a wildlife biologist, who has taken all of that science knowledge yeah. and applied it to this in cooperation with a specialist up at OHSU, mm-hmm. that is fabulous resources for our audience. It's, yeah, it's rich, and it's uh, it's excellent. So I, we want to just say we have coming up uh, another show called, uh, well, not called, but the, the folks from Every Marriage Matters. What document have almost 200 pastors in one county in our area signed? Uh, they're going to talk about that. And we have another guest coming in f- with uh, Your Safe Money Solutions. How can you invest money and be protected from losing any of it? All of this and a whole lot more on secondhalfnow.com. You'll find all of our shows on our uh, podcast list, secondhalfnow.com. Go to the archive tab and it's all there. And uh, so we want to encourage you to, uh, uh, you got to go to the website and hear part two of our discussion here today with Marcy Houle and her book, The Gift of Caring. It is, um, uh, what's the subtitle again? Oh, uh, Saving Our Parents from the... I can't read upside down. The perils (laughs) of modern health care. You were just in denial over there, just having some bad (laughs) memories of your own experience. No, it's the perils of modern health care. And I'm watching Roger with the time cards here, and we're winding down pretty quickly. (laughs) We want to invite our our folks to uh, tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on this radio station, KKPZ 1330, and then go hear the rest and all of our shows around the clock, 24-7 at secondhalfnow.com. If you have any input or questions or suggestions, uh, 
submit one of those contact forms and uh, we will respond to you. So I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. We're going to continue our conversation with Marcy Houle on part two of our website, secondhalfnow.com, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And welcome to part two of our show. The title of this show that we are in the middle of right now is called Caring for Aging Loved Ones. Here's a wake-up call with help and hope. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And we are now talking with Marcy Houle, who is the author, co-author, I guess I would accurately say, of uh, the new book, uh, new this year, right, Marcy? Just July. Just July. Okay. <laughs> the Gift of Caring, Saving Our Parents from the Perils of Modern Health Care. And uh, a lot of good stuff. We had a whole half hour on the uh, first part, and we want to encourage folks to go back and hear that if they haven't yet. Uh, but there's some really critical issues here, and we're in the middle of it. You've told uh, some stories, and uh, you've learned some things that you are now passing on. And let's get right back into it, shall we? Let's do. And, and I'm thinking about those perils, and I'm just mm-hmm. imagining. I'm just imagining all of the different kinds of situations you came up against as you were um, navigating your mm-hmm. dad's mm-hmm. health decline. Mm-hmm. Um, when, where was the point in which, you know, there, there was a time in which you're kind of absorbing what's going on and observing, and then there comes a point where you, you decide, i got to change things up a mm-hmm. little bit. How did that happen for you? Well, I think... There were different times for my mom and my dad because they had different health issues, and I think a lot of people go through. There's a medley of health issues that can face seniors, and um, specifically the book's more about aging. Um, And I think it was when I saw things going south for my parents. I saw some suffering I didn't want to see. I saw um, sometimes agonizing suffering that I was told there wasn't a lot that could be done, and I think... Maybe coming from a medical family, I had some advantages because I wasn't maybe as frightened or taking just the word of the healthcare providers as you know gospel. It was like, no, there's got to be something. But and I was trying to learn, but it was all learning the hard way. And I'm going to take jump in and t- go back to your word baseline because I'm going to tell you one story. And this is more about my mom's story, where she had a um, raging urinary tract infection. And this happens a lot. But when you're older and you get uh, like a pneumonia or sometimes some, some infection, it can really do something to your metal status. So she went from coming to our house and having a little cookout to two days later in the hospital um, being completely kind of um, delusional. 
And the problem was, is that I didn't have the right word. I didn't know the word baseline. So they were saying, well, she just has dementia or Alzheimer's. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My, I've gone through that. It's, it's not. And I kept saying, she wasn't like this two days ago. She isn't, she's not like this. She's with it. Got written off, put up there in the, in the ward and pretty much ignored. And then I saw her really start to suffer and getting totally frightened and confused. And it was horrible. And then sent actually to the nursing home to die. Oh, my. And uh, so anyway, it was terrible because I just knew in my heart she'd been well. And I kept, and you know, I went to the little chapel there and I just, and then went to the doctors and chaplains and didn't, didn't know, I didn't have the lingo. If I had just known the word, as I've learned later, and there's a whole chapter Dr. Ekstrom talks about, about, this is not her baseline. If I'd had that later, boy, you bet I had it on my health history sheet. If I'd been able to say this is not her baseline and then produce a health history sheet right. to say her baseline, she's Sprite, she's with it, she is called your ADLs, Activity of Daily Living, I could have said and then insist, I want her treated for her urinary tract infection, but I don't want her to step down. I want to return to this baseline and then start doing that. It's a whole different way of our hospitals and our providers. Um, but she didn't get that because I didn't have the lingo. And so she was left to suffer. We kept her. I kept on on antibiotics, and she did pull through. And she lived several more years. But um, it took a battle to have because what she got was called delirium. And this is a whole chapter in the Mm -hmm. book, something I hope people will realize. It's something that's missed a lot. Delirium is confused with dementia. You can get an infection. You go to the hospital. Delirium is treatable. If it's not treated you will end up with brain damage or you can, a lot of people die. Dementia is very different. It's a very different diagnosis, but they get confused. You come into the hospital seeming delir- like you have dementia and they get diagnosed with dementia and your delirium is not treated. Hmm. So, so it's, it's masked. Of, it's, it's masked And a lot by... of healthcare providers don't recognize it. Ex- so, and that's what masks it. Mm-hmm. Not that it isn't not that it's being particularly yeah. tricky, yeah. but the mindset mm-hmm. is already ready to look for the dementia, yeah. mm-hmm. and so they're not right. looking for these other right. causes. So Dr. Ekstrom's chapter gives a great way to di- differentiate, and then you have to insist. And then, right. um, But I think a lot of people do give up, and I was told by a lot of people, give up. She just has you know, Alzheimer's, and she's dying. Mm-hmm. But I've gone through... Alzheimer's. I'd gone through that, and I knew she'd been well, but I didn't know how to get that across. And you know what our audience can't see here that I saw, and that is, as you were explaining your frustration, there was a certain expression on your Mm -hmm. face. There was a certain way, almost a pleading Mm -hmm. look of Mm -hmm. what it feels like when you're trying to get somebody's attention. But as soon as you said... That is not her baseline. Mm -hmm. Your face changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. It became very set, Mm -hmm. very firm, Mm -hmm. very convincing. Mm -hmm. And that confidence is so important when you are talking to medical professions who have their mindset. They Mm -hmm. have a track Mm -hmm. that they're moving down. And so I can just say, sitting right here, The difference in having that terminology Mm -hmm. is absolutely measurable in Mm -hmm. this room. Mm And I want to say, too, that as you were talking about, I wonder if we could mentally go back to that situation where you felt, and that these are the terms that Denise mm-hmm. used earlier, mm-hmm. 
the terms helpless or let's see uh, powerless, powerless mm-hmm. and um, trapped, mm-hmm. trapped, hopeless. hopeless. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and so I, I think that our pe- our our listeners mm-hmm. who have been or are in a caregiving situation, they likely will have those among a mix of many other. Mm-hmm. So did you feel that pretty intensely? I mean, they were telling you something you didn't want to believe and you didn't think it could possibly be true. You didn't know what to say. Yeah. You didn't know how to address it. It's, you felt powerless and, and helpless. That's, again, why I wrote the book. It's yeah. a book I wish I had had. And interestingly, the copy editor for the book, I never met her back back east, wrote a note that was sent to us and it said, you know, I am so happy I got to work on this book. She said, I cared for an aunt I loved, an older aunt, and I was made to feel foolish and wrong, and it just made it, you know, just everything. And she said, I realized I wasn't wrong, what I was seeing. I Mm, realized that. She's passed away, but she said, I love this book because I realized all those doubts I had, you know, I wasn't wrong, I'm, and I, and that's part of it. Caregivers, one thing, mm. realize you're, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You're not alone, right? That with 65 million of us, you know. Well, we're yeah, not and again, alone, right? the numbers are and, just staggering. Yeah, yeah. And it's coming. I mean, you know, it's yes. coming to us. I mean, mm-hmm. in my situation, both my parents are dead now. Mm-hmm. They have both passed away mm-hmm. and gone to be with the Lord. God bless them. Mm-hmm. But as I watched them and and participated in that dynamic, that was. I mean, my mom was beside herself. She wasn't very nice. Mm-hmm. She, she, and she wondered. Uh, you know, you know, I had conversations with her. Mom, that you're being a little grumpy toward Dad, mm-hmm. and uh, because Dad was the one that was suffering, yeah. and she just didn't know how else to cope, right. what else to do. She mm-hmm. didn't, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have a whole lot of resources, and right. I think she felt, mm-hmm. she felt powerless and she felt hopeless. Right. And uh, you know, it's, as we move through the age range here. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us, most of us probably will encounter that somewhere in our family, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a caregiving Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I I come back to this in uh, when I talk to this with with clients and students is when an animal is trapped, we know they will, they will chew their leg off Mm -hmm. to get out of that uncomfortable Mm -hmm. situation. So if you think about it, what kind of internal storm is going on that would lead you to cause such damage to your own self but that is that's what we have to understand that we are seeing both in our loved ones who are in pain and are trapped in that and in our caregivers who are are feeling hopeless and powerless it's an internal striving for a more comfortable situation it's an angst that is going to come out, and it's going to come out in irritability mm. at the very least, yeah. but combativeness mm-hmm. in some of the more uh, difficult situations. And I, I think, and I talk about this in the book too, and there's a chapter called The Care and Maintenance of Caregivers, because right. you really have to take care of yourself, and that's okay, because I think what I learned from all this was there's times you do get exhausted and you mm-hmm. feel like a failure. Maybe I'm a failure as a wife or as a mom or as a friend or whatever because, or in my career because you're pulled so many directions. And I think we have to realize that um, it's, it's hard. You're not a failure. And how do you take care of yourself during this? Right. And so um, one thing I think I came to the conclusion is, is that, first of all, it's sad because somebody you love is going to die. And that really all we want to do, all we can do, is probably not going to stop that. That being said, is recognizing you can't do it all and you can't be everything to that person. You, right. you physically can't 
take care of them, all their needs and their emotional needs. And I think if we could get more help with the physical side and realize really what your loved ones want is you. They want you to be Mm, there to say, I love them. You know, I love you. They want your smile. They want you just to hold their hand. And if you have lost all your energy and you can't do that, then really you're failing them and yourself. So we need to get help for the physical needs so you can be what they really need the most, and that's your your love. And to do that, we really have to go after that stiff upper lip Mm -hmm. mentality Mm -hmm. that pervades, I don't know, certainly our culture. I don't Mm want to guess about others. We see enough of it here. We just got to keep on going, got to get up in the morning, Mm -hmm. put my shoes on, and get out there Mm -hmm. and get the job done. But in reality, we are overconfident Mm -hmm. as to what we as a human being can Mm -hmm. actually do and do well. And we ask of ourselves things we don't ask of anything else. We put fuel in our cars. Mm -hmm. We change its oil. Mm -hmm. We we get new tires. We do all kinds of maintenance Mm -hmm. things on all kinds of other equipment. But when it comes to maintaining our own Mm -hmm. physical, mental, psychological, spiritual self, somehow we think it's virtuous to ignore it. And in reality, we are not able to do for each other the things that need to be done if we don't first take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mm -hmm. the scripture says. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. It assumes you're going to take care of your own self first. Right. And I'm thinking the family caregiver has multiple roles. Mm -hmm. uh, And without any help, they'll continue to fulfill those. So I know many... Men have said, "I want my wife. I want I want this woman to be my wife, not my nurse." Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that com, uh, conflicting of roles and so forth. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm sure in many situations where I would go and visit the home as a pastor, and uh, the wife or the husband, whoever's the the, the caregiver, mm-hmm. would pull me aside and say, "Gosh, I'm just having such a hard time with this, and this is really." difficult and I'm so exhausted and uh, you know we wanted to bring in casseroles or bring in food or bring in um, you know some support or some help or some relief Mm -hmm. and uh, some of them are um, willing to receive that and some of them just want to you know tighten up the their grip and say no I'm going to see this this is my Mm -hmm. job this is what I have to do Mm -hmm. and it's just it's tough to wear to have those multiple roles to wear those multiple hats because I mean I thought for sure my siblings and I thought mom was going to die before dad did. And she was the caregiver Mm -hmm. because she was exhausted. So tell us about the process of writing the book. I mean, Marcy, you've got so much, you've got more than we can possibly even Mm -hmm. touch on, Mm -hmm. but tell us about the process of writing the book. And um, we also want to hear some of the key things that our listeners can listen and and learn from. I want to tell you about a church out in Forest Grove, but um, Mm -hmm. let's, let's hear the process of writing the book. You have these 14 years of journals, Mm -hmm. Uh, you have some inspiration. You're gather, gathering inf- mm-hmm. information. You're saying, you know what? I got. I got to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I want other people to learn what I have learned. Mm-hmm. So how how did that come about? The process. Well, after I met with Dr. Ekstrom and I asked her if do you, is are there like twenty or twenty five things you as a geriatrician know, but the general population doesn't know. Good question. Um, and you give those to me. I can craft a book around it because just about everything happened to my parents. So she did. And so we knew we had a plan. And so I also, in the meantime, went through all my journals, and we did a lot of research. And so I, it was great because I was kind of on a um, schedule because I knew I'd finish some chapters, and Dr. Ekstrom would send me hers. So it was wonderful for me 
to write this book with Dr. Ekstrom, also it validated all I'd gone through and made me realize that um, this maybe could help other people. Mm -hmm. And that was the whole reason. I didn't want Mm -hmm. to just write another um, sad memoir. And it's not all sad. There's a lot of hope in it. But um, I wanted to write something that could be of use and reduce suffering, the suffering I saw my parents go through and could be used um, to maybe help somebody else, the caregiver, the patient, and... And what I kept learning from Dr. Ekstrom was like, there's a better way to age. There's a better way even when you're younger. There's so much information and research, and it's just the word isn't out about it. Right. And I think uh, you know, in times past when a person is looking at 65, they're looking at the end. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. expect to live much mm-hmm. longer than that. But in our day with mm-hmm. modern medicine mm-hmm. and, and healthy mm-hmm. uh, eating and healthy products and so forth, when you get to be 65, you're ushered into another 25 or 30 years of active, healthy living. Mm-hmm. But then there is a diminishing time. There's a time that does kind of wind mm-hmm. down. We want mm-hmm. to be uh, mm-hmm. tooled up and ready to, mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, in your book now, you you are did you did you incorporate these twenty or twenty five things that Dr. Ekstrom yes. shared with you? Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, and that's why every couple of chapters is called "What I Wish I'd Known." Yeah. And then she can look at what I was going through. So it's written as a story. Oh. So so you want nice. to read the story of these people and mm-hmm. hopefully care about the people and right. I think I've heard that people really do and really want to make sure you know then you get mad too like how can this happen to them mm. and then what I wish I'd known is the tools if I'd had that is what made all the difference and so mm-hmm. her chapters are all based on the most cutting-edge science um they're uh Hopefully, if we're going to be if we're going to be used in medical schools and nursing schools, this book because it shows both sides of the process. Because healthcare providers are part of this whole world too. Absolutely. And so, um, coming from a medical family, now well, my kids are doctors too. Believe it or not, <laughs> it's like I thought for a while so guilty that um, you know putting my kids through this. We didn't ever went to Disneyland. We never did a lot of stuff because we were always mm-hmm. taking care of aging parents. In fact, I had a friend, one friend, say gosh, all your kids know all these years are just sick parents. And I thought, oh, boy. And well, so you do feel guilty. Yeah. Mm, wow. You do. And yet, and yet, what they developed, what I realize now is empathy. That's they developed right. compassion. They developed things that are really, really important. Right. And I think, so it didn't kill any of us. Mm. And we when we come it. back from the break, we're going to hear about some of those things okay. you wish you had known. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. 
If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Interest rates are still down, and that means the time to buy is right now. Let 24-7 Properties help you find the right house for your current needs. Jeff and his team, they take the time to get to know you and your unique situation to find the home that's just right for you. Search for available homes online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's talk about the type of property you are interested in purchasing. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030. 780-3030. We want to say how much we appreciate our sponsors and partners, those that make this show and all the shows that we do possible. We um, heard a couple of spots right uh, just then, and now we want to also mention these uh, sponsors, Your Safe Money Solutions, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, Dave Rutan with Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors, Dream Trips, Portland City Acupuncture, The Next Next Phase Coaching, and Beaverton Family Chiropractic. And we'll just throw in uh, Multnomah University, Warner Pacific College, and there are others too, but um, we'll read those on another show. Uh, We want to just let you know, listeners, that uh, we're not done with this subject, not just with Marcy. We will be finishing up our conversation with her, but this is a topic that is real and relevant, and it's now. So we will have other guests. I want to tell you, Marcy, about, before we get back to your stories, um, there is a church in uh, Forest Grove by the name of Mount Olive Lutheran Church, Uh, They are developing ministries and services for caregivers, and they're kind of at the beginning, at the the crest of the wave, and doing some things that are really novel and really very essential in uh, kind of surrounding uh, caregivers with some good help and hope. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they have your book. And, uh, in fact, I was asking you off-air about uh, possibly uh, a speaking engagement out there. They can gather some some caregivers, and you can give them uh, some help and some practical tools uh, to to, uh, be about their task. So we want to close our show with uh, spending some time uh, on—you have three appendices— I, I like pronounce appendixes, but um, it's because it's the scientific or whatever it is anyway. So, um, because In other words, the, you're saying you're showing off. I, well, <laughs> no, I really— pre- Yeah, or, or, you know, like in the New York Stock Exchange or financial, they talk about indices. There you go. Well, let's just call it indexes, all right, because yeah. that's what it is, the appendixes. But you have some critical things that you want to bring up <clears throat> in these last uh, minutes that we have <clears throat> because it's very important that we want to convey to our— listeners the kinds of things that you have learned that you wish you had known back then when you were caring for your parents Mm -hmm. and maybe these are some of the things that our listeners Mm -hmm. don't know but Mm -hmm. with your words they can say i didn't know that that's Mm -hmm. viable that's important Mm -hmm. so uh let's let's start what are some of those things well we put three in the back of the book that i think are really useful and the first one is called the beers list and what that is is geriatricians know there are a number, I don't know how many, 10 pages worth of drugs that seniors shouldn't really be taking, but they're prescribed all the time. 
And the, the problem is when you're 70, you're seven times more likely than someone who's 29 to have adverse reactions to commonly prescribed drugs. Mm. They're really? tested on middle-aged and younger people. Yeah. And what happens is this, it's called polypharmacy, and that is taking a lot of different drugs at once. And most seniors generally have um, take six drugs, and over the, three over-the-counter and six prescription drugs, and they all... Um, Interact can interact and cause one out of two will have side effects. So anyway, the first one is the list of the beers list, which is now um, all the generic and trade names and all the side effects written for the layman. So you can go to your doctor mm-hmm. if you see you're on this list and say, can we have a safer drug or mm-hmm. could this be a, a, a problem? Um, because some of the side effects of these drugs can be problematic from dizziness to increasing falling and, mm-hmm. and confusion. So that's the first one. Is and that before list. you move on to the next one, I'm mm-hmm. looking at the book right now with this appendix, mm-hmm. and it's multiple pages, and each of the uh, prescriptions there have a, a number that corresponds mm-hmm. with a list of the side. possible side effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my gosh, some of these have you know, six, eight, ten possible side mm-hmm, effects mm-hmm. for some normal-sounding right. drugs or normally prescribed drugs. So this is information yeah. a person mm-hmm. needs to get a hold of. And it goes back to the book. The story was when my mom finally had a geriatrician and she went through my mom's drug list and started checking, crossing off this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. It's like, you don't need those. And my mom's mm-hmm. health improved dramatically. Oh, wow. wow. So anyway, you get older. Right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second one um, is the health history sheet. Going back to baseline, we developed right. this. This helps so much that you can take to your doctor and have him or her uh, write what the baseline is, which is the mental function. And then there's a thing called your ADLs, activity of daily living. Are you independent? Can you cook? Can you drive? And they have a list of that. And these are all medical. So doctors would understand all these. Thirdly, it'd be the drugs you're on. And just then a little note about maybe what your your health history has been. or your. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the ER and there's something going on, you can give them this sheet. They see what the baseline is. Right. So if I'd had that and they'd said, oh, your mother doesn't have dementia. She has this mental condition, you know, da 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 I could have insisted I didn't have that. I'm so chuckling because there's that face again. Did yeah, you see yeah. it, Dan? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I heard the magic word. <laughs> it, it arms you with yeah. information right. you yeah. need. And mm-hmm. then the third is, I could, we call it continuity of care. And that's a real important thing. How do you care as a caregiver if you're you know, having different caregivers, multiple right. people, transitions right. of care? So this gives you, these are templates, what you can use mm-hmm. to help. Those three, I think, are very practical and uh if I'd had them early on, it would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But now, hopefully, other people can use them and um, work with your healthcare providers to make things better. What I want to say, Marcy, to you is you felt in many ways powerless mm-hmm. because things were happening, coming at mm-hmm. you, even with your mm-hmm. science background. Mm-hmm. You couldn't figure it out. You didn't know it. You, you felt powerless, and that's the key word that we started with. Mm-hmm. But now that you know these things mm-hmm. and have researched these things and worked with a geriatrician, mm-hmm. uh, now you feel empowered. And mm-hmm. what you're doing now is turning around mm-hmm. and providing that empowerment to mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. on a pretty vast scale. I think in your mind, I mean, you would you would like to and would be open to yeah. uh, some uh, various kinds of distributing or mm-hmm. delivery systems yes. for this kind of information. Mm-hmm. And you're eager about this. I wouldn't be surprised that this might occupy a good share of the rest of your life <laughs> because you're kind of passionate about it. Well, I think when you realize if it can do some good and reduce some suffering, right. then I feel like, well, 
that is it's something important. Yeah. And, and there are times you even doing this, you get tired, mm-hmm. but then you get a letter from somebody saying it helped them, and then somebody mm-hmm. who says, if only I'd had this six months earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have to add in here that what you are doing is you are completing the trauma circle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because this is what happens when you have gone through something very difficult. Mm-hmm. It does sit in there. It does have power mm-hmm. over you. It hurts, mm-hmm. and it's heavy. But when we are able to take that, take mm-hmm. our experience and turn it around and transform it into mm-hmm. something that can be useful to other things, mm-hmm. other people, it transforms that horrible, trauma, traumatic experience into something something good mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. And in that, it lifts us mm-hmm. and it heals us from that mm-hmm. suffering. And for even our age group, one thing I'll leave you with is that growing old doesn't have to be as sad and frightening. There are things we know and we talk about in the book we can do for our brain and for our bodies that can make aging so much better. For for and and um, that's inf- exciting information too. Well, like it lets that. us out of another trap, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. The trap that we've been in that says we're we are uh, over the hill. Uh-huh. You know, right? Yeah. Isn't that when you turn fifty, you get the black balloons? Mm-hmm. Forget that. And you get your AARP membership <laughs> yeah. card at fifty. Yeah, we don't have to be trapped by yeah. that. No, we There's say because of, of this show at fifty, you're only halfway there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got lots mm-hmm. of vibrant living, mm-hmm. but things do happen, and things wind down, and things break, and things right. fizzle out, mm-hmm. and but uh, Marcy, thank you because you've given us uh, and our listeners some hope and some empowerment, mm-hmm. and this is really, really important. And that's exactly why we do this show. That's the mission of our show mm-hmm. under those five categories, and we've covered many of them. Um, and uh, and I really appreciate you coming in today. Thank oh, you pleasure. very much. Thank yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, uh, folks who want to order the book, they can go to thegiftofcaring.net. Right, mm-hmm. the gift of caring dot net. Uh, you can order it right there, and there's more information, and there's some blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you sign up for a blog from that uh, website? Well, there's reviews. There's different people okay. have written in, and all kinds it, of stuff. So there's yeah. And if you forget all that, just go to our website, submit a um, contact form, and we'll get you get you hooked up with Marcy, who is the author co-author along with uh, Dr. Ekstrom, who's a gerontologist. Mm-hmm. And the head of something somewhere, what was that again? She's the head of geriatric medicine at OHSU. Right that's, here local. That's and no she's small a title. a national researcher and, uh, as I say, she makes you want to grow old. She has so much enthusiasm. But she wow. also has a lot of great information to make it better. And I saw a picture. She looks pretty young, so yeah, she has she lots to be adding yes. to what she's already yes. been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. We have lots to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Lots of help and hope. And in mm-hmm. fact, that was the title of our show. It was. I got to turn back to that other page. It is um, caring for aging loved ones. Mm-hmm. Here's a wake up call with help mm-hmm. and hope. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for filling in. That's our show, folks, for today. Uh, we are in studio with Marcy Houle, the author of "The Gift of Caring: Saving Our Parents from the Perils of Modern Healthcare." I love it. Will you come back another time? Certainly. You'll probably learn some more between now and then, and we'll just have to stay up to date. (laughs) Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marcy. So go to our website and hear all of our shows, uh, both sides of this, part one and part two of this show today, and all of our podcasts are there, secondhalfnow.com, and uh, you click on the um, radio show archive something or other, 
It's there, right? I'm looking at you, Denise, trying to get some help here. (laughs) Sorry. Can't bail you out on this one. All right. Well, they can can find their way. (laughs) That's it for today. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with co-host Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, uh, may God help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website with a podcast or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Christian and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330, The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.